Welcome to the ACC Basketball Report. I am Michael Hunter. You can find me on Twitter at ACCBR1. You can also find us at ACCBasketballReport.com. This is episode number 70-something, and uh, an interesting episode for you guys today. Uh, Today I brought on Bustin Brackett's writer, uh, as well as uh, a contributor to many different media outlets, Matthew Travis. Matthew is a young man who attends <clears throat> who attends Alabama University out of the Charlotte area. Um, young kid has, you know, he's half my age and he's got twice as much experience as far as interaction and, and media relations and things like that. So he's an interesting guy. He is a diehard Duke fan. Um, him and I have, I want to say clashed, I guess. I, 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 kind of went after him a little bit when we first got to know each other and uh you know he took it pretty well so I decided to have him on the podcast share his thoughts on all things Duke all things Coach K um give his thoughts on you know some of the Duke haters around the world and, and what the common belief is amongst the the people that dislike Duke with a passion and uh, you know I thought he gave me some pretty good feedback um i you know, he. I'll let him say for himself, and I'll catch up with you after the episode. But uh, before we get into that, I want to acknowledge the fact that <clears throat> one, we are releasing the top twenty-five returning players to the ACC. We are currently on number twenty-four, which was released today. Uh, go to my Twitter handle at accbr one to catch up with those links, or go to accbasketballreport.com. We've already released two. The third one will come out tomorrow. Um, also, want to you know say. I was, you know, it was on some unfortunate news around the ACC today. It was, uh, it was revealed that Winston Tabs is going to have surgery on his left knee, and he'll be lost for the entire 2019-2020 season. Huge blow for BC and Jim Christian, who is obviously on probably the hottest seat in the ACC. <clears throat> and you know, at this point, I, I think that pretty much. Pretty much does it for for Christian unless he can really pull a rabbit out of a hat. Um, I think this Boston College team is going to struggle mightily without Tabs. He was their best player, you know, last year as a freshman, averaged about fourteen five and three. I want to say without having it right up in front of me, but uh, he was on this. He was on my top twenty five returning players list. He is still going to be on that list. I will still release his card or his write up at, at the same location that I would have if he hadn't been hurt, simply because. I released an honorable mention. I've already released 25 and 24. I'm going to release 23 tomorrow. You know, a lot of these are already written up, scheduled for release, so I'm not going to mess with the order now and change a bunch of stuff. So, uh, you know, I feel sorry for Tabs. I feel sorry for uh, Christian because I think Christian's a damn good coach, and, you know, Boston College is going to have to really dig deep in order to find a head coach that wants that job that can revive that program. At any rate, uh, let's get with, uh, you know, let's, let's torture some Notre Dame fans real quick, and then we will get into it with Matthew Travis. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Yes! Farrell turns the key, drives the lane with three on the shot clock. Doesn't get it. Five seconds to play. Down the floor, Okogi! I'm sitting down today with Matthew Travis of... Multiple different publications. Matthew is a a well. Actually, Matt, let me let me go ahead and I'll hand it over to you. And why don't you uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Because by the looks of you know your Twitter feed and the conversations we've had, you've uh, you got your hands in a lot of pies. Yeah. So um, 
So once again, I'm, my name is Matthew Travis. Um, I am a sophomore at the University of Alabama. Um, I'm originally from New York, uh, but I now live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've lived there for a couple of years. Um, so I write for Busting Brackets, which is fan-sided college basketball website. And I also write for Empire Writes Back, which is uh, the New York website fan-sided. And I've done some work for Ball Durham. And I also own a Twitter account called Blue Devils. Um, which has about 13,000 followers. I have interviewed Zion Williamson. I've um, been to press conferences with Nick Saban, Avery Johnson, Nate Oates, Chris Jenkins, and many others. And I'm not going to keep you here all day with that. But um, <laughs> that's kind of a little bit about me. I also work at a TV station here in Tuscaloosa. So, um, yeah. So, so young, but still, uh, still been around the way a little bit, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, trying to get into it, trying to keep myself busy. And that way, when I graduate from Alabama, I'll be, I'll have a pretty good resume and I'll be able to hit the ground running as opposed to working my way up. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Might as well have, uh, as much experience as possible. That probably goes a long way, especially yeah. in, the, in the media world. Contacts, I've, I've, I've come to notice that contacts play a lot of, uh, a big role in this particular media, I guess. And, uh, and, and yeah, for, you know, the more things you can put on a resume, the better. I've been trying to, to break myself in a, in a small role with some other publications and things like that. But I didn't go to journalism school. I've never worked for a TV uh, network, nothing like that. So for sure, anything that you can get to put on that piece of paper is going to help you in the long run. Yeah, contacts are everything. <laughs> so one thing that uh, I, I we've only known each other a short time. We've had a couple discussions. Uh, obviously, you're a Duke fan. I am an ACC guy, but not a Duke fan. Um, I do live in the Triangle, and you know, putting up with Duke fans is is a is a daily thing. I guess if you if I want to put it that way. We've discussed off air uh, Duke's recruiting before. Um, you know, you think that Duke recruits kind of on an organic level, kind of the way it should be. I've disputed that a couple times. Given the state of, of college basketball recruiting right now, you know, when we're seeing, you know, assistants going to jail in, in Book Richardson, um, everything that's going on at Arizona and, and Louisville and Clemson and, and all kinds of other places. Explain to me why your stance is that you still think that Duke does it the right way. Here's the thing. So, Coach K, in my opinion, he's the greatest coach of all time, and I think the stats back that up. You can make the conversation for John Wooden. But he has coached, I, I don't know how many lottery picks, because it's been too many to count. Mm -hmm. He's All these lottery picks, he's coached Team USA, He's, he's literally coached the best players in the world with LeBron James and everyone else. And everyone who has been coached by Coach K has been, they they have nothing but fantastic things to say and about him. And then LeBron saying that he wants Bronny, his son, to go there because he wants him to learn from the greatest coach of all time. Mm. So if you have that at your fingertips, why would you need to hate these players to go there Especially when you're at, at, other than the Ivy League schools, you're at one of the best schools in the nation. So I, I think Duke has enough pieces 
their resume is good enough where they don't have to give these players incentives other than a full scholarship to go there because, I mean, Duke has had, I think, the last six years we've had at least one player go in the top three. I I think it's six years. Mm. So if they have the opportunity to do that, why would they... Why would Duke need to pay them to be there and do it under the table and risk losing everything they've worked for in the past? And also, if with all these, um, with all the reports coming out with schools like Arizona, Kansas, and Louisville, like you mentioned, getting busted for paying these athletes or offering to pay them or whatever it be, why wouldn't Duke be? Why wouldn't Duke be on any of those reports? The only time they um, have been in any of those reports was when Wendell Carter's mom went to dinner with an agent, which was like 50 bucks, and her the agent covered her mom's dinner. That was literally the only thing that Duke has been tied to at all. Well, what about Nuke, Nike being their sponsor, Duke being their flagship school, and Marvin Bagley attends Duke? and his stepfather or father is granted an endowment to start yeah. a, a Nike-sponsored AAU squad. Yeah, but I once again, that's, I don't know, that's not Duke. That's that's Nike, and Nike is tied to Duke, but I, I don't know. Cause well, Coach K also, you know, like you said, coaches with the USA team. The USA yeah. team is a Nike-sponsored organization. But um, at, well, at the time he wasn't the Nike, uh, he wasn't the Team USA coach anymore because he stepped away, and now it's Pop. But um, but he's still involved. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. But Marvin Bagley didn't even end up signing with Nike. He's with Puma, so I don't, I, I just don't, I don't know how factual that is, and I, I just, I don't believe, I don't put anything. Like, I, I don't really believe anything until it's, like, official or that, like, something is done about it because there weren't really many people talking about that because I don't know how factual it turned out to be or I don't know how much of an impact that had or if if it was, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I think the reason I believe that is because Duke, they, they just don't need to, I feel like. And I, I feel like they know it's too much of a risk to even get involved with that and so so you, you bring up you bring up wooden who is uh, again in the conversation one of the greatest coaches of all time they won whatever it was 10 straight titles and and however many and however many years while he was there he's widely known to have had an assistant coach on his on his roster that that paid players to go to ucla yeah so why you know ucla was the destination back then duke appears to be the destination back now you you honestly think that, that that Duke is just above all that? And I mean, Zion's turning down 125k from Kansas to go to to go to Durham, North Carolina. I, I it might be because I'm biased, but yeah, I, I just really don't think they need to. And I think I, I I just think with Duke being the program they are, where they're always in the conversation year in and year out to win a national championship. And at this point, I think they're the team that everyone looks to, and they're like, yeah, Duke will be around, but will they win it? I just think if they were really paying their players and if they were really giving them illegal incentives to come play at Duke, I think it would have 
come out by now because with with Louisville being ripped apart because of uh, Brian, Bruce Bowen or whatever it was, and Kansas and Arizona and LSU, I really they would have come down on Duke by now. So by comparison, uh, you know, I agree there's been very little smoke uh, around the Duke program, especially when you compare it to programs like Arizona, USC, um, yeah. you know, some others. Now, another team that has been dominant in recruiting but also has very little smoke is Kentucky. What is your perception of how Calipari runs the Kentucky program? See, I, I've heard rumors about him apparently, like, offering, but I, once again, like I said before, I don't believe it until a big, like, a big account reports on or anything like that, and I haven't seen anything. Mm-hmm. So I think just like Duke... With Coach K, Calipari, he doesn't have nearly the resume Coach K has, but he has a... As far as what? As far as national championships and wins and competing at... I mean, he's always there year in and year out, but he technically he only has... Well, not technically. He has one national championship, I Mm -hmm. believe. And he has only really what? two or three Final Fours because three Final Fours because the one at UMass that was strict vacated that that was written off and same with Memphis so I I, but I mean he doesn't really same thing with Duke if with all these programs being ripped apart and it being reported that they were paying or at least offering to pay these players. Mm-hmm. At Duke and Kentucky, those are the top of the the best play uh, best programs in the country. So I think if they were coming after all these other teams like Kansas, who is once again up there, I think they would have found Duke and Kentucky guilty as well. So you get you but, give Kentucky the benefit of the doubt the same way you give Duke the benefit of the doubt. I think Duke's better than Kentucky. Is that what you asked? No, you give them, you give Kentucky the benefit of the doubt in the same regard you give Duke the benefit of the doubt where yeah. there hasn't been any smoke, so you think they do it more or less organically. They, they cultivate relationships. They do it the way that it's supposed to be done yeah. and rely on a on a, if, a, a tradition, like I, I guess. Yeah. If all They don't really need to do it. Some of these other schools like Louisville, they need to do it because... They, how are they going to compete with, in the ACC, how are they going to compete with Duke and North Carolina and now Virginia in recruiting if they're not doing something to get them there? I, Duke and Kentucky don't need to do that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't think they need to do it. And if it the NCAA has found it and is just keeping it under wraps because they – don't want it to like ruin college basketball as a whole by coming down in their two top programs. That would just mean the entire NCAA is corrupt. Uh, I guess before we move on, I will say one: I do believe the NCAA is corrupt. Two: I think I think you're correct, partially correct. I would say in saying that they don't have to do it when you're talking about Duke and Kentucky. But when I say they, I mean Coach K doesn't have to do it himself. You know, Coach Cal doesn't have to do it himself. If if people are waiting for a photo of Coach K handing over a Samsonite suitcase to 
one of his you know five star recruits with hundred dollar bills hanging out of the zipper on it. That's never going to happen. Um, yeah, I understand that. I'm. I won't really believe anything until someone like Jeff Goodman or uh, Adrian Wojciechowski or anyone like that tweets about it or like releases information that they are in fact doing something mm. like that. And what a Woj bomb that would be. Yeah, that would be that would be something else because that would royally screw over Duke. <laughs> <laughs> so are are. Are you an Alabama fan as well? Yeah, so um, it was interesting. This past Saturday, uh, Alabama and Duke played. And, yeah, so I'm self-admittedly, like, the worst kind of person. <laughs> when but, I mean, I've been a Duke fan since I lived in New York when I was four. And I now go to Alabama. I hated Alabama until I decided to go here. But, um, yeah, so that that was an interesting game for me because... I don't know. It, I'd never even thought about rooting against Duke because why would I? But that was an inter- that was interesting for me, nonetheless. <laughs> so you you said you're a sophomore at Bama, right? I am. Yes. Were you? Does that mean you were a freshman when Sexton was a freshman? No, uh, he was yeah, gone yeah. the year before. Uh, I was going to say any interaction with him. Colin has a a, a reputation as being. A certain type of character, I guess I'll say, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I've I've yet to run into anybody that's actually met him on a personal level and actually had a conversation with him. So his persona kind of uh, kind of precedes him a, li- a little bit. I, I'm I'm interested to see what he is as as an actual person to kind of sit down with. Yeah, I've I've heard he's not the best of teammate. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about all I've heard. So, um. Moving on to Duke, you know, the reason we're here today is to talk about our expectations for this year's team, for you to kind of give us a, a Duke preview as a, as a kind of a, a fanatic. I, I kind of provide the the 5,000-foot view, and I have guys like you on to give me the 500-foot view. What is your particular take on, on this year's class? Um, I, I've seen quite a bit of all of them with the exception of Stanley. Um, you know, what, what's your take as far as this class and this team? The, I'm... I'm obviously i'm excited i think trey jones will help and he'll be a leader obviously but um i I don't know the fact that we didn't win it last year kind of just makes me think if we couldn't win it with the three top recruits in the nation how are we going to win it with the sixth the 11th the 22nd and i think cash stanley is like 32nd so if we can't win it with three guys who were drafted in the top ten in the NBA draft, it just kind of makes me I, – I just won't believe anything until I see it because my expectations have been way too high the past few years. And going from the last two years where I thought for sure we would win it with Marvin Bagley that and Wendell Carter, that team, mm-hmm. obviously last year. And I, I – I, I thought we were going to win it with uh, Tatum, Giles, and um, Grayson. You probably would have if Giles would have been the Harry Giles of old. Yeah, if Giles hadn't torn both his ACLs, that would have been that would have been a team that I think might have been better than last year's, but we'll never know. So, but uh, going into this year, I. I just don't know. I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to win the ACC again because I don't know. I I think I don't think UNC is going to be all that great. Yeah, they have Cole Anthony, but 
and Louisville, obviously, but I, I just don't see with UNC losing everyone they did. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see them getting anywhere. And then Louisville, they've never been a one and done school. And it looks like this year's team is going to be that. So I, I just don't know how they're going to fare coming into this new, I guess this new era. And they have a coach in his what second year. So I, I just with them, I, I have to see it to believe it. And, Duke is the same. It's unfortunately Duke is the same way at this point. So, so right now you 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 are you're thinking Duke is what probably number two in the country, number three in the country. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I I put them definitely top five, probably top three. Um. But I I think Duke should win the ACC. You take uh, them over Louisville right now. Yeah, I I easily take them over Louisville right now, just because, like I said earlier, I just don't see them transitioning into the one-and-done era that well that quick. Okay. What, uh, now, now, you actually mentioned something that's interesting. I wanted to move into this year's team, but you mentioned something. Um, last year, disappointment with Zion and Barrett. Um, the year before, with, with Bagley and and uh, Carter, as well as uh, Gary Trent Jr. and uh, Trevon Duval. And then, you know, obviously the, 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 uh, the injuries with the Tatum team... <clears throat> With those with those disappointments in recent years, obviously the, the Okafor and uh, Trey, uh, Tyus Jones year was 2015, 14? Yeah, 15. So, uh, Winslow and everyone. Right, right. So with, with those disappointments recently, does that ha- have your faith in Coach K waning at all, considering his age, um, especially going into a season like this year where he's probably going to have to coach these guys up a little bit more than he has um, as far as in, in years past where he has the talent where you can just roll the ball out. where I mean, and, and you said, it, anyway, 6, 9, 11, and 32. I mean, you got t- four top 35 guys, um, yeah. you know, certainly talented, but he's going to have to coach this year. Is Are you still as high on Coach K now as you maybe were five, ten years ago? Yeah, I, I don't have any doubts in Coach K. I think he, like I said earlier, I think he's the greatest coach of all time, and I – I still think he is the greatest coach in college basketball. I think, listen, only two teams have ever won a national championship with one and dumps. The 2012 Kentucky team, mm-hmm. the 2015 Duke team. I think it's just it's just really, really, really hard to build chemistry that quick and compete at the highest level versus teams who maybe have been building their team for a couple of years, like Virginia, They've been that team was in the works for three what three years? Yes. Yep. And I, I just think I mean even the year before when it was two years of chemistry, they lost in the first round of the game I was at against UMBC. But I, I just think it's really really hard to build chemistry that quick and get these guys used to playing with each other in a year when you're playing competition who has been together for two, three, four years. I just, because, I, I, unfortunately, I just don't think the one-and-done system works. Right. I mean, it's proven that it hasn't, because if you look at the national championship champions of the past few years, it was Virginia this year. That team was in the works for three years. 
Villanova the year before, that team was three, four years. Yep. UNC, that's like three, four years as well. And then Villanova and then Duke, who was one of two one-and-done teams who have ever won it. So I don't have any doubts in Coach K. I just think it's, unfortunately, this the era that we're in with one-and-dones, it just doesn't work. And the teams who aren't buying into that one-and-done program are the teams that end up being there at the end of the year. So would you right now say starting in the 2020 class, which you guys already have, um, Jackson and Roach, I'm sorry, Johnson and Roach. Uh, Jeremy. Yeah, Jalen Johnson, Jeremy Roach, um, already hooked up for, for the 2020 squad. Would it be your preference for Duke to start transitioning into a three-year recruitment or a three-year kind of type player recruitment like uh, maybe they were back in you know the Battier days or Chris Carowell, guys like that? See, it'd be nice, but I, that's never going to happen, unfortunately. I, I just What I wish would happen would be that the NBA makes it so... Well, that rule's rumored to be coming down in, what, 2021, 2022? So what what do you foresee Duke turning into at, at that point? I mean, still going to get – I mean, there's still going to be the top players in the country that are going to go to college. So Duke is going to go after those guys, but those players may not be ready for the NBA as quickly as yeah. one year. So what do you anticipate, you know, the next few years holds for your program? Yeah, well, what I hope – when the NBA does get rid of the one-and-done deal, which is going to happen in the next three years, it looks like, mm-hmm. hope they make it so if you do decide to go to college, you would have to stay at least two years. So that way, Duke, we're not learning, learning a new team every year as fans. And then chemistry-wise, they have two years, to at least two years, to build chemistry and learn how to play with each other. And then I think two years would be enough where, I mean, think about it. If Zion, RJ, Trey, and Cam, if the four of them had, were coming back next year and they had a year experience playing with each other, that team would go undefeated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think I, if they transition into that, I think Duke would be obviously forced to build a team that has chemistry together. So I, I I don't think Duke will ever change their recruiting method unless they're forced to do so, which would happen with the end of the one and done rule. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't. I guess I wish they would change it, but I just don't know how that would work, or and I don't think that would ever happen. If that makes any sense, I think they're going to have to as. I'm interested to see what the rules are. I don't think it's going to be like a college football type rule or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's going to be interesting. I think uh, Calipari looks like he's he, he's kind of heading that way already a little bit, which he's always kind of had guys that were that were also talented guys that weren't necessarily one and dones. I mean, that one year they had like six guys go was obviously yeah. an outlier. But you know, he's had guys that have stayed for two or three years that were you know Darius Miller comes to mind, Liggins yeah. comes to mind. But um, I think eventually Coach K is going to have to he's going to have to get into that that method of recruiting long term guys and mixing in the potential one and done guys of the best guys that are going to going to go school. Now on this year's team. You actually have some of those guys on this Duke roster. Trey Jones obviously is 
a, a player that we're going to talk about here specifically in just a second. But you have some other guys in Alex O'Connell, Joey Baker, Jack White, Javin Delorier, and, and maybe to a certain extent Jordan Goldwire. What are your expectations of – I mean, two that are obviously the most interesting to me are O'Connell and Baker – but yeah. what are your expectations for those other guys in this upcoming season, and how vital of a role do you think they're going to play? So Trey Jones is obviously going to start. That yeah, we'll talk about him specifically uh, here in just a second. And Alex O'Connell, I'd love to see a lot out of him, but his shooting last year was just lackluster and inconsistent at best. So um, I'd love to see him shoot better on the perimeter and, add a little bit to his game so he can contribute more. But um well, he, I think he's one of the most athletic guys in the ACC. I mean Oh easily. For you know, he's a layup line superstar and very few people seem to get that because his defense has been shaky and his on court performance hasn't been fantastic, plus he's yeah. buried. But Alex O'Connell is a very intriguing guy for me. Yeah, I, I think if he he has that in it already in his arsenal. So if he if he added a three sh- point shot and a decent mid-range shot and he had defense he could be the most improved player in the ACC and he could be a guy we're talking about that could be a lottery pick or a first round pick next year so I'd love to see him add a bit to his game because I think that would be huge and he might if that was the case he might start over Stanley which right now it doesn't look like he will Mm mm-hmm and then Joey Baker is a guy who we saw for, I think, 11 minutes total or seven minutes or something like that last year. Right. We don't know what how he's going to translate onto the college level. So I just love to see him. He, he should be the immediate. He should be the next player up after um, uh, Wendell Moore. Uh, I'm, I'm Matthew Hurt, so I think he'll. I think he should get a good amount of playing time this year. I just don't know. I still don't know why he didn't play as much as he should have last year. Um, I don't know why his red shirt was burned against Syracuse. That made no sense to me. But <laughs> I'd love, to, I'd love to just see him. I don't know contribute because I think that would be. An improvement, obviously, because we saw literally nothing out of him last year. So if if he just comes off the bench and is good for four or five points a game, I think that would be all we really needed out of him. And then going into his junior year, he might be we might be able to say we expect him to be among the top tier in the ACC, and then hopefully be drafted. I think he he, he has that talent as we know, because we saw it in high school. But, um, yeah, I think four or five points out of him would be ideal this season. So, Trey Jones specifically, obviously his, you know, the big talking point with Trey is his ability to shoot the outside shot. Um, I guess I got a two-part question for you. Is is the, 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 the most glaring flaw with this particular roster their ability to shoot? We know that more, I'm, I'm sorry, we know that Hurt can shoot. I'm not sure if, about Stanley or or Moore's you know uh, propensity to to be a, a knockdown shooter on the outside. One is is that that lack of outside shooting from Jones is that going to hinder him in being ACC Player of the Year? And do you think he's at that level? And I guess the second part would be 
does Joey Baker, is he going to be a pivotal player for this team because he does have that ability to shoot? Is is he a guy that you think they're going to lean on? And and will he provide that high level of shooting, do you think? Um, I'll, I'll answer the Trey one first. So I, I see if Trey, the problem is Trey had surgery and I think April. So he, but he's back now. Mm-hmm. He didn't really have, he wasn't really working on that for like two months. So, but I think obviously that's probably going to be the main focus this off season is trying to learn how to shoot the three better than he did, mm-hmm. which kind of just non-existent. So if I, I think, I hope he's focusing on that because if he adds that he's going to be, he should be the top point guard in the NCAA this season. But um, I really, I would love to see him add a three-point shot because last season Duke was the worst three-point shooting team in the nation and it was the worst season when it comes to three-point shooting in probably in program history. So, and which isn't typical. Duke is has been known to be a team with guards that always shoots. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of transitioned into a big man team, which is very uncharacteristic for Duke. But um, I think this year we should change that a bit. I don't think we're going to be a three-point shooting team, but I think we'll shoot it more. Mm-hmm. Joey Baker, like you said, Joey Baker, he's got that in his arsenal, and he's known to be a very good three-point shooter. So if he is like the seventh man or the eighth man or whatever he might end up being, I think having him on the perimeter will help. I would love to see Jordan Goldwire add it to his game because he's a fantastic defender and he can drive pretty well, but he can't shoot it. So if he added that and he's coming off the bench, he'll probably be the backup point guard. I think that would be big. And then you mentioned Matthew Hurt. He can shoot the three. So I think we'll we'll definitely see Duke shoot it more this year. I don't think that will be our main route of scoring, but I definitely think we'll see it more than we did last year, which we really didn't see it at all. Yeah, I think I, I think, and you, and you mentioned Matthew Hurt, which I agree. Matthew Hurt's a, a knockdown guy. He's the maybe the one guy um, in this freshman class that I don't really have a whole lot of questions for. I think he's going to score his points, and the only reason that I, I don't that I have questions about Vernon Carey I guess really has nothing to do with Vernon Carey it has a lot to do with Trey Jones and possibly Wendell Moores if those guys aren't able to stretch the floor you know Vernon Carey is going to demand a double team and that double team has to come from somewhere so you know those two guys really need to be able to stretch the floor I do think that while I agree that you said that you know Duke isn't typically a big man team I think Coach K and his recruiting strategy is I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get the best damn players possible and I'm going to yeah. and I'm going to make it work. And when he's had effective big guys in the past, whether it be Bagley or Elton Brand or Carlos Boozer or even Sheldon Williams, those guys have been, you know, some of the best big men in the country because Coach K will tailor his offense to fit his roster, whereas some teams try to sort of pound, you know, square pegs into round holes, and I, that's why I think that that Vernon Carey is going to be a beast. But Duke needs to be able to stretch the floor and give him room to operate 
um, down low. I think he will be their first option on offense. Um, I don't really know, and I haven't been able to evaluate how he's able to pass out of the post to maybe get those guys open looks. But, uh, you know, that's something that uh, we'll, we'll be able to evaluate in the first couple games of the season. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I completely agree because, like we were talking about, Duke can't really shoot the three, and it doesn't look like, other than Matthew Hurt, that this year's team can. So they're going to have to keep feeding Wendell Moore and Vernon Carey down low, and teams are going to catch on to that really, really early. So I like I completely agree that he's going to have to step up because he's going to be getting those double teams and he's going to be fouled a lot and he's going to be in the post because that's where we need him to be. So, uh, yeah. So I've got, <laughs> I got one more for you, Matthew, and then I'll let okay. you go and, and get back to your Tuesday. Um, in, in, we spoke earlier about Coach K, about his age, about his, his longevity. Eventually, everybody hits the wall. Um, you know, I think we're seeing it with, with some of these old school coaches that have been, you know, in the ACC specifically for a very long time that are getting up there in age. How much longer do you think Coach K is going to be in Durham? And who do you think will eventually be his successor? And if it differs from your personal opinion, who do you think, who would you like to see succeed him? So if you asked me this two years ago, I would have said Jeff Capel easy because I I really did think he was going to be it, but obviously he's with Pitt now. But um, I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to be there. I I feel like he might pull a Joe Paterno and just be there till he can't anymore. Yep. As I mean, hopefully not under the similar circumstances. Yeah, I would hate to see uh, everything he's worked for be torn down, but I don't think it will be. But I think he'll be. I give it what he's. I think. 70 some I, I don't know how old he is but yeah, I can pull it up real quick yeah um I I'd give it I don't know at least five years I think he's there five more years for sure um I, I just don't know how long after that I, I I would say between five and seven years which, he is 72 years old 72 yeah I was gonna say 71 so um but because I, I think he can definitely coach till at least eighty, so I'd give it I'd give it eight. I, I'd say about eight years or so. Wow, that's a big number. Yeah, what I don't know though, because I mean he's in the past couple of years he's gotten he, he's had surgeries left and right, and he just came right back. Yeah. So I think he's. Definitely, you think he's on steroids? He might. I don't know. <laughs> he might be. Um. Yeah, I mean, that just makes me think that he's capable of taking, like, time off if he needs to and then coming right back. And I I don't know. I, I think he'll be there about eight more years, which is sad to think that we might only have eight years left with him. But um, when it comes to who might be after, I know if it is eight years, it might be capable because he signed a seven-year deal. So he might be there right after. And I think Capel leaving tells me that because everyone knew that he was the next in line. Sure. So I think that the reason he might have left was Coach K told him, listen, I'm going to be here for X amount of years and I'm not going to leave in the next couple of years. So 
it would be crazy of you to turn that down knowing you're just going to be an assistant head coach for the next seven, eight years. So I think that was part of the reason why he left. But now I think John Shire might be next in line. Nolan Smith, we've seen him take a bigger uh, role with Duke. So I, I, it's definitely going to be a former player, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, but it, who that be will remain to be seen. I think, I think it will end up being one of those three guys, or maybe even Johnny Dawkins, if we can get him from UCF. But, um, yeah, I... I, I, I think the most interesting thing from what you said is is the difference in the college basketball world from, uh, let's say, two to three seasons to seven to six, seven, or eight is, yeah. is, is massive. Like, we have, you know, zero idea where, where Johnny Dawkins will be in seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, we have zero idea where Chris Collins may be in seven or eight years. Jeff Capel yeah. may possibly open that pipeline back up to New York and make Pitt a national power again, and maybe he doesn't want to go back to Durham, North Carolina. Maybe he's fine in Pittsburgh. Um, Nolan Smith is an interesting selection. Um, I think Chris Carowell is also on, on that, uh, and Nate James, who is the associate head coach right now. Um, that whole current staff, I would say, was is an option. Um, Nolan Smith is interesting to me in particular because right now I think he is – uh, player develop not player development coach, but player personnel or yeah. or, or something. He's in a non recruiting role right now, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he may, you know, his next step may be replacing Nate James, who has interviewed for head coaching positions. Yeah. You know, and he moves to the bench, and then his natural progression may be to to take Shire's seat and then take Carewell's seat, and then he's the last yeah. guy on that staff. Coach K leaves, and, and that's where he ends up. So. Seven eight years, I think it would it would be crazy to even make a prediction who would be in that seat. But two or three years, I think that that Capel is probably the choice. Um, Capel and Dawkins would probably be the two yeah. two choices in my opinion if it's going to be in the next two or three. Yeah, and if and if it is eight years, we might depending on this is going to sound crazy. I know it, but if Grayson Allen, if he, <laughs> if, if his NBA career doesn't pan out like he wants it to, which now he's on the Grizzlies and he's got a new fresh start. But I don't know, kind of like Nolan Smith, he can go from being highly being highly thought of and everyone thought he was going to be pretty good to maybe not being that well and maybe he does get a spot in Duke's staff. And because when uh. When Duke, when Grayson Allen was a senior, it was like he wasn't talking about the NBA being his career. He was talking about like uh, like sports science and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. That could be an interesting thing if it is eight years from now. But um, yeah, like you said, it's just crazy to make predictions that far in the future. But I think one of the what five guys I mentioned, I think one of them will be the next head coach. Grayson Allen, I'll tell you right now, Matthew. As a as a ACC fan and a uh, mega fan, crazy, stupid, illogical fan of another <laughs> program in the ACC, and a guy who is, let's just say, not a fan of the Duke program, I would absolutely love it if Grayson Allen was the next coach at Duke, <laughs> just to see his. The way he handled pressure following Coach K would it would need to be on television. It would need to be on pay per view. 
And just so you know, Grayson Allen is my favorite Duke player of all time. (laughs) And that's how we're going to wrap up the show. Matthew, I thank you for joining me. I thank you for taking the time. And I'll talk to you on the Bustin' Brackets forum, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, see you. So that was my conversation with Matthew Travis of Bustin' Brackets and at Blue Devils on Twitter, which is a huge uh, Blue Devils following. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Matthew you know, has some biases with, with Duke, and he acknowledges those biases. I thought the most interesting thing that he said, or one of the most interesting things that he said during that interview was that not only does he give the the Blue Devils the benefit of the doubt in recruiting until he sees some kind of concrete evidence that Coach K may be in fact cheating, was that he also gives Kentucky the benefit of the doubt, which I don't think you would see very often with many diehard Duke fans. I think most of those fans would would say that Duke is clean and then pound their fists and, and look at Calipari and say that guy is definitely cheating. So, you know, he has a, a baseline for what he believes in. He thinks that you know the media is is investigating this stuff to their best you know to the best of their abilities and and when they find stuff they're reporting it you know as prudently as possible um with no you know special treatment for some of the better more recognizable programs in the country do i agree with that not necessarily but you know you know these interviews aren't about me it's about you know some differing opinions around the way you guys can conclude whatever you feel or deem necessary um coming up i've got some some pretty awesome uh, uh, guests coming up. I've got Mike Rutherford of, um, I believe, SB Nation will be joining me to talk Louisville hoops in the next few weeks. And after that, I've already announced that, you know, I've got some guys coming on for, for Syracuse, uh, the Nunez Magic or Nunez Magician handle uh, for Syracuse, which is... Uh, run by James Zabuda, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I may be butchering that. I apologize. I'm also going to have Neil Adler, who is a contributor to Bustin' Brackets as well on that episode. So that'll be a, a, a trio of us discussing Syracuse this year. Um, really looking forward to it as we as we get going. I've invited some other guests to come on. I think uh, you know I'll probably have uh, Kinchin do NC State. I'll probably have Charlie do UNC. We'll have the chimp on for some gambling stuff. You know, try to keep it uh, keep it as fun as possible. And uh, obviously, you know, like, rate, review, subscribe, share. You know, anybody you know who's an ACC fan, let them know about this podcast and this program. I would greatly appreciate it as we keep on trying to to crank out some quality content for you guys. Definitely check out my Twitter handle at ACCBR1 on Twitter to see the links to the 25 returning players countdown. I will also be releasing a top 10 transfer list into the ACC for guys that are going to be eligible this season for the 1920 season. So keep a lookout for that. Um, any other thing that you guys want to know, look me up on Twitter. My DMs are always open. I appreciate you guys tuning in and I hope you guys have a great week. And if you're in the Southeast, stay safe tomorrow in the wake of that hurricane. Later.